Welcome to City Talks, a monthly podcast looking at the big issues facing UK cities and the latest thinking on urban policy. I'm your host, Andrew Carter, from the think tank Centre for Cities. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to this edition of City Minutes. I'm Andrew Carter, and today I'm joined by my colleagues Valentin Quino and Guillaume Rodriguez to talk about their new report, Out of Pocket, the places at the sharp end of the cost of the living crisis. Welcome to you both. The cost of the living crisis is dominating the airwaves at the moment, and rightly so. The debate tends to focus on households or individuals or socioeconomic groups. Until now, it hasn't taken a place-based approach and focused on the geography of the crisis. This is where the new report comes in. We'll get to the findings of the report in a moment, but first we're going to look at uh, the approach that we took in the report. Uh, Guillaume, just say a little bit more about the method that we adopted in order to figure out how uh, cost of living was playing out across the country. Uh, Sure. So we know that national inflation, as most of the national indicators, is an average and different households and groups, as you said, feel the inflation differently, mainly depending on what they consume. If they consume more petrol, more energy, more in groceries, restaurants, uh, entertainment. So uh, the official statistics from ONS on inflation, they have the inflation rates, the variation of prices by these categories. But unfortunately, we do not have official data at the inflation rates observed at the local level, at the city, at the city level in this case. So that being said, we have data on consumption patterns at the city level a different data set and we also were able to build the projected cost of the domestic energy based on also public data on the existing housing stock the EPC data set so we know that more, more efficient households have a different type of consumption that more efficient ones so with these two sectors uh, of data we were able to create a basket individual basket for each city that reflected its inflation rate, assuming that the variation of prices that has published is constant around all these cities. We just do variations on the type of consumption that we observe across cities. Great. Okay. So let's talk, uh, turn to the findings. Um, so the first question, I suppose, is what is the geography of the cost of living crisis? So when looking at inflation from May 2022, the latest print we have, we clearly observe a north and south divide. So the cities that we identified as having the highest inflation rates are Burnley, Blackpool, and Blackburn. And their rates uh, are around 11 and 11.5%. This is significantly above the national figure, or roughly around 9% uh, at the month of May. And also it's around three percentage points above some cities in the great southeast like London, Cambridge, and Randy, where inflation rate is slightly below the national average. So we can see this very familiar geography. Um, what's driving the geography? What's driving the pattern that we see? So to understand the drivers, first, I think it's useful to look at two individual cases, and then we'll, we'll try to understand first the drivers and why the reason why these drivers are playing these dynamics in this city. So take London and Burnley, for example. Inflation is Burnley, it's, as I said, roughly three percentage points higher than uh, in London. And this is mostly explained by domestic energy and petrol, which are the categories that we know that have been mostly on the news. And these components account for around one-fifth of spend in Burnley on average, while it's only 13% in London. So, and there are 
three main factors explaining why people in Berlin spend so much more money relative to their income than in London in these, in these sectors. First, it's the nature and the quality of the housing stock. So the least insulated housing stock needs more energy to meet the same energy needs. From previous research, we know that uh, the leakiest housing stock tends to be in the north of England. So we have the leakiest housing stock even before the shock, people were spending more on energy and as prices rise, we expect it to have a deeper impact in these cities. The second impact, it has to do with uh, private vehicle use, which translates into spending on petrol. We know that cities where households are more reliant on cars to get around, to commute, to do their shopping, are more exposed to fuel price rises, particularly if they drive and drive longer distances. Uh, our research showed that households in the North, Midlands, and Wales tend to commute more by car and longer distances. Meanwhile, public transport, active travel are much more used in cities in the Great Southeast, like London, Oxford, Cambridge, where these households are less likely to be affected by the price of petrol if they use the tube or if they cycle. And lastly, the differences on estimated inflation are also explained by disposable uh, income levels. So even if eating and transportation costs will be the same across the cities analyzed, which the previous points suggest they are not, we would know that the poorest cities, the poorest households would be spending a larger proportion of their income in, this, in these sectors. So they would be more vulnerable to inflation. So the cities with highest wages, we know they tend to be in the greater Southeast where households spend on energy, uh, petrol, groceries as a percentage of their income is much lower. And this basically reflects that inf inflation is high everywhere across the country, but the differential across cities has also to do with their previous economic strength. So let's just explore that a little bit more in a sense, because the, the flip side of the, the inflation problem that Guy's just been talking about, Valentin, is wages, both levels and, and growth. So how does, the, how does the geography of wage growth and wage levels map onto uh, the geography of inflation that Guillaume has just been talking about? Well, like you're just saying, inflation is, is only one part of the equation for the, for the cost of living crisis. Um, the other part is wages. And that's because it's, it's when prices grow faster than wages that consumer spending uh, power is squeezed. So we looked at how these two compare, inflation and wages, and what we found is, is broadly two things. The first is that uh, wage growth has essentially failed to keep pace with inflation in all 63 cities we looked at. So the consequence of that in real terms, so once wages are adjusted to inflation, real wages have fallen everywhere since April 2021. So all places are experiencing a downturn in uh, living standards. And the second is that there is a geography to this. So many of the places where inflation and wages diverge the most, with inflation rising much faster than wages, tend to be um, in the north. So in Burnley, Blackpool and Barnsley, for instance, uh, real wages fell by nearly 7% uh, since April 2021 against you know, 3% in Milton Keynes or London, for instance. So concretely, in monetary terms, we found that inflation is leaving workers in the North, the Midlands and Wales uh, nearly £340 a year poorer than in the South. OK, so um, we've also looked at um, government support and obviously the government has introduced several packages over several months to try and deal with different aspects of the cost of living 
crisis very crudely um, is the support enough it's, it's a welcome package so we looked at the, the 15 billion support package that was targeted towards energy costs so it is a welcome package and it will definitely uh, shelter many households from from the worst impact of the crisis but the answer is no it's far from being enough so the package targets people that are on benefits and pensioners and so, you know, in that sense, the geography is the right one. Uh, it's places in the north uh, that are more likely to receive uh, support because they have more people on benefits. The problem, though, is that, you know, even though the geography is right, the scale is not. So the package doesn't consider the fact that it's, uh, it's energy efficiency that determines the energy demand. And in that sense, the, the amount provided to support households um, essentially falls short of, of what's needed and it won't offset uh, rising energy costs in most places. So we estimate that in 47 cities, many of them in the north, uh, net energy bills are still likely to rise even after we consider the support package. And that's of course, it's a concern now, uh, but even more so in the next uh, few months because it's these places in the north especially that are likely to see energy bills jump even higher when the, the price cap is lifted in October. Yeah, and so obviously we are recording this in mid-July. To say that we are in a, a slightly uncertain period given uh, with the government is probably an understatement. But as you rightly said, the cost of living crisis is now and it's going to get worse as we move into late summer and into the autumn and winter for certain. So there is things that government still needs to do, even in this uncertain uh, time. What is it that we want them to do? So we've identified a number of short term, longer term interventions. I'll start with the short term. So there are a few emergency measures that uh, need to be taken now to help people weather the, the immediate storm. So for people on benefits, we call uh, two things. The first is to increase benefits now to bring them in line with inflation. So the way it works is that this would happen anyway, but it would happen next April and that's too late for, for most people. So it needs to be moved uh, forward. And we also strongly advocate, as we've done in the past, uh, reintroducing the 20 pounds uh, uplift, again, to help those uh, most in need uh, currently facing high inflation rates. And then for all households, uh, we're also suggesting a one-off payment that would be available for those who live in, in energy inefficient dwellings. So the idea here is to target support for those whose bills are going to increase um, the most. And then, you know, in the longer term, there are again, two priorities. The first is to accelerate the retrofits uh, agenda. So of course, this won't do anything for the current crisis, but it will definitely be needed for future um, inflation shocks to make sure households are less vulnerable to volatile energy prices and, and cut bills. And the second is to encourage, broadly speaking, economic growth and increase the amount of prosperity in the country. Uh, and only this will counter rising costs in the future. So there's a huge amount, like you said, of uncertainty at the moment. Uh, but clearly now is not the time to give up on the levelling up agenda. Excellent. Uh, my thanks to Valentin and Guillaume. You can read the report out of pocket, places at the sharp end of the cost of living crisis and related blocks and uh, further analysis on our website, centreforcities.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of City Talks brought to you by Centre for Cities. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Centre for Cities. Please rate, review and subscribe if you liked what you heard. You can also follow the centre on Twitter at Centre for Cities or like us on LinkedIn for the latest updates on what the centre is up to. If you have any comments on the episode or suggestions for topics we should cover in the future, we'd love to hear from you. Do tweet us or send an email to info at centreforcities.org. The music was from Palace Fires by Johnny Foreigner. 
used with permission and all rights are reserved.